What's up, everybody? New episode of Dreadful Talk, episode six. Um, You know, sorry it's been a few weeks. Um, I wish I could tell you guys that something super important was going on, but in reality, it was my birthday week, and I was just getting fucked up. So, you know, I keep it real with y'all. Not going to front. But, yeah, you know, I'm I'm definitely excited to get back at it. Um, I got my logo now, so thanks to... um, Dylan Walker Chargin, like a brother to me, like a cousin to me, that's family. He really hooked it up on the logo. Um, and here pretty soon, I'm going to have these be able to go on, on YouTube. I'm, I'm still working out the technical kinks of how to kind of, I want to do both IG Live and YouTube. I don't want to just bail on this. I like how this is going. So um, I'll just be available on more platforms. You got the logo coming soon. Tell you, big things coming. We're doing it right. We're doing it right. This ain't no mom and pop operation, even though it's totally a mom and pop operation. All right. So today, we're going to keep it lighthearted, man. Like, I know the world is stressing y'all out. It's stressing me out. we like on month 97 of quarantine. Um, these quarantine days go by like hours, honestly, especially if you're unemployed and smoking a bunch of weed like me. So like... It's just the time's flying by. We're all annoyed. We're stressed out. We don't know when the hell we're going to get to watch some football or what. So, like, today is going to be all about my favorite form of stress and anxiety relief, which is cannabis. And specifically different strains of cannabis and which strains are my favorite and which strain and just kind of break down like what is a strain like how like you know maybe rookies out there I know a lot of states are new to legalization and people may be new to cannabis we can't all be scumbags like me and smoke since the beginning of time I feel it some people wait till their brains are fully matured and that's probably the route to take kids um but yeah and also R.I.P. Mac Miller you know I represent you know um I like to be surrounded by greatness. I got Max energy. I got Bob's energy behind me. You know, I got love. It's all good. You know, that's how, that's how we like to do it here on Dreadful Talk. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to kind of dive right in. Like the basic kind of strains 101 is indica versus sativa. Um, some people may be rolling their eyes. Like, of course, I know the difference. Um, but whatever, some people may not. Um, so yeah, you know. Sativa is going to be typically more of a quote-unquote daytime high. You know, it's going to be more energizing. I like to use the word social. Um, Certain sativa strains, and it does depend on the person, can be a little bit racy. That's the best word I can use to describe it, like a little kind of speedy. Like, I don't know, like it's... I, that's not all of them, though, and it definitely depends on, like, if, if you're a person with high anxiety... You know, sativa may not actually calm you down. Like you, people think smoke weed, relax. Uh, if you get a certain, you know, high THC sativa strain and you struggle with anxiety, it may not be the greatest. But at the same time, if you don't, or even if you do, um, like a nice sativa joint in the morning, like especially if you're about to like watch some sports or um, go on a hike or even walk your dog, man, nothing beats that sativa wake and bake. I mean, for the most part. Um, so there's sativa on one end of the spectrum over here, daytime energizing high. And then there's indica on the other end of the spectrum, which is like typically a nighttime relaxing, more euphoric high. That's, I feel like more typically associated with weed, like the, the generic 
cartoon image in all our head of people smoking on their couch and being lazy and eating Cheetos. Um, that's typically associated more with like an indica high. Um, but it doesn't always have to be. And, and I feel like a lot of new smokers and even me at first, I, um, I tended to be a only sativa guy. Like, I don't want to say I was scared of indica, but you know, I wasn't trying to go to sleep. I wasn't trying to be a zombie. You know, I was maybe trying to be creative or get something done and, you know, nobody wants to, like, look up and four hours have gone by and they've gone through a tube of Oreos. So it's like, I, I you know, I tried to stay away from Indicas. But then I had um, a dope experience with an Indica-dominant hybrid, and it totally changed my perspective on it. I had some uh, Biscotti Gushes by Connected Cannabis. Um, I know they sell that in, in dispensaries out here in Cali. I don't know if... They have connected cannabis in Oklahoma or not. But if not, you guys should get it. They're, they're quality. Uh, but yeah, Biscotti crossed with Gushers. And uh, it was an indica-dominant hybrid. Um, I was working at a dispensary at the time, so I got it for the super low. Normally, this shit was like $70 an eighth before fucking tax. And tax is like 33% out here. So it's like a $90 eighth, essentially. And I got it for the low low. So I was like, all right. Like, I'm not going to, like, complain and not smoke this good weed just because it's an indica-dominant hybrid. And uh, we smoked it, and it was, like, the most social, fun, laughing, like, it was so fun. Like, I like I was over at a friend's house. We had planned on drinking, and we were all veteran smokers. We smoked one blunt of this, and uh, we essentially didn't even end up really drinking that night. We were all having so much fun, just like it was such a fun high. And that completely shifted my view of Indicas because, like I said, up until that point, I had like this negative connotation of Indicas of just couch lock and laziness and knocking you out at the end of the night. And um, and so it just kind of opened my eyes. Like, don't, I know a lot of people are kind of weary of Indicas, prefer sativas because no, nobody wants to end up asleep. But keep an open mind, man. And a lot of Indicas have like really deep flavors um different flavors that you will not find in sativa strains like it's literally like a whole different smoking experience um and so yeah you know so sativa one end of the spectrum night or daytime high energizing high um typically like the, if you're looking at the actual plants themselves have like longer um leaves as a like longer skinnier leaves and then the indica nighttime um going to be a lot of your Kush strains. I know a lot, a lot of your purple strains, things like that, that you'll hear. Um, and it's good, you know, for nighttime, but not always. Like I said, you can you can pick your spots with a good indica. Once you get nice and comfortable with cannabis, you can pick your spots and, and have a really nice social time with some indica, kind of contrary to popular belief. Um, and a lot of the indica strains test higher, too, if you're one of those people that... Uh, you know, just love a high testing. I only pick whatever test highest. Like that's usually going to lean indica or indica dominant. Um, some like Durban Poison is a sativa strain that'll get really high at the dispensary where I was working at. We had a Durban Poison that tested at like twenty nine percent. It was really fired. Always sold fast. Um, just water in here, you know, keeping it healthy today. You know. Uh, you got a dube though, you know, no, no alcohol. This is going to be, you know, kind of keep it 420 central. Um, but yeah, so we broke down indica versus sativa. And then of course, so there's sativa, indica, and right in the middle is a hybrid. And I'm personally a big hybrid guy because it's, it's kind of like having your cake and eating it too. 
you get a lot of the deep flavors and unique strains and kind of euphoric feeling from the indica but it's still not going to be quite as a, much of a downer or you know make you as sleepy and it's kind of like a happy medium best of both worlds um i i love me some hybrids like most and like just to be completely frank like 90 percent of the strains are some type of hybrid like even if they're a lot of shit is mislabeled at the dispensary i'll say that firsthand like not fully not like intentionally or like deceitfully but like if something's like 80 percent indica they're not they're just going to write it down as an indica not an indica hybrid but that's still like 20 percent sativa and like, there's so much genealogy and cross straining and breeding now and it's so many generations of strains so almost everything's some type of hybrid unless you're talking like just an old school granddaddy perp or a pure jack herrera sativa like you know most shit most of these new strains is going to be some type of hybrid um, so one of the most famous classic OG, all puns intended strains is OG Kush. You can't make a strain podcast without mentioning OG Kush. Essentially, first and foremost, um, a, just like the name recognition, like everybody has heard of or seen of OG Kush. We've heard it in songs. We've heard it, you know, we've just, it's just even people I feel like that don't smoke we know what OG Kush is so I feel like you got to start there it's also like the grandfather to a lot of strains that we you know enjoy today um, even people that you know claim to not like OG Kush they probably like a descendant of it and like it's it's just the backbone of a lot of indica and indica dominant hybrid strains um, called OG for a reason um and something that I noticed about OG is that, like, kind of interesting to me is that, like, because quite frankly, I wasn't the biggest OG flower guy. Like, like I didn't, like, hate it. Like, I'll smoke some OG if somebody passes it to me. But the thing about it is, like, it doesn't have any, like, super exotic flavor. Like, I don't know, especially out here in the Bay Area. I'm so spoiled with all these different exotic flavors and strains that like when I smoke a joint like I damn near don't even expect it to taste like weed anymore and what I mean by that is you know there's these fruity strains and these um sweet strains and these like just uh floral strains and piney strains and sour strains like it's hardly you rarely you smoke a joint and it tastes like just like some old school that bud taste that we all kind of remember from our younger days and I feel like that's the best way I can describe what OG tastes like. And it's kind of like a shitty and great description at the same time. Because it's like OG Kush tastes like weed. But a lot of weeds don't necessarily taste like weed nowadays. Like that classic weed flavor, OG. And so what I'm, what I'm getting at is that like for a long time, I wasn't the biggest. Like I wouldn't buy OG flour, at least if I had a choice. Um, but I, so I'm kind of newer to the concentrate world, like probably in the past, like, year year and a half i've really dived a lot deeper it's not like i had never dabbed before but just as far as buying my own concentrates having my own rig like really incorporating that as part of my smoking regiment um and so what i learned that was hilarious is that i love og kush concentrates even though i'm not the biggest fan of og kush flour which is kind of interesting. You may ask why. It's like, like I said, when I smoke a, some flour, I want it to taste exotic, um, you know, terpy, you know, fruity, whatever. Um, 
But a lot of times when you get those super exotic dab flavors, like it almost tastes like too fake to me, like 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 vape juice or candy. Like it it gets to be a little too sweet or even sometimes too sour. I had this mimosa shatter that was like literally like sour candy. Like when you take the smoke was like literally sour, and so uh, I an OG Kush concentrate or dab, um, you know, as some people may call it. It actually tastes like a little bit like a, like so just some really good weed, but it's a dab, and so it doesn't. I don't know. I'm not a biggest OG Kush flower guy, but I love me some OG Kush concentrate, which is kind of ironic. But that also goes to show you out there, just because you don't like a strain in flower doesn't mean you won't like that strain in concentrate. Like at least for me, I don't know. Keep an open mind, you know, if you're if you're kind of crossing over from flower to concentrate. Um, and then there's a bunch of different varieties of OGs. So like you, you'll hear Platinum OG, Fire OG, Reserve OG, and then um, hey, there's Purple OG. You'll, and then what, another thing that these companies are doing now that shit's getting legal and corporate. I'll, I'll be real, y'all. Like I love a lot of aspects about legal weed. I love not getting fucked with by the police. I love not being paranoid. I love, you know... I even love the, you know, the tax money's going to good causes and all that. But like the corporatization of the cannabis industry is disgusting. And it is the reason why I left the cannabis industry and won't be getting back involved, at least with the retail side of it. Like it's gross. Like any true old school smoker, cannabis enthusiast is not like if they knew how that shit was really going down. It would not be happy. And a lot of the old heads warned me of that. Like, I, I'm friends with some, you know, people from, like, a generation or two older than us. And, like, at first, the first day of legalization, I was literally, like, partying, especially straight from Oklahoma. And I was like, fuck, yeah, like, recreational. And they were like, I don't know. Like, I feel you. That's cool. But there's going to be, like, a dark side that comes with it. And at the time, I was like, y'all are tripping. But especially three, four years later, and I've worked at dispensaries, they were a fucking 100% right. Um, that shit is gross. The brand name designer weed that don't even be that good. The prices, the packaging, the wastefulness, the... the yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's not what we wanted to see. I'll tell you that firsthand. But I say all that to say this that like a lot of these brands will make their own OGs. So like it'll be like say I had my own line of cannabis and it, it was you know Dom's Dom's Bud or whatever. Then I, I if I had an OG Kush I'm going to put it in my jar as Dom's OG and make it sound like it's my, uh, some new strain when 95% of the time it's not. And, and I'm not a big fan of these companies doing that. Um, they, and I'm going to dive deeper into that later in the podcast, but these, these, these essentially weed brands kind of fake the funk with these strain names, which kind of ruins the integrity of even having a strain name to begin with. And I just don't really appreciate it. But like I said, I'm going to revisit that. Remember that. I'm going to revisit that here in a few minutes. Um, oh, man. Got to stay hydrated. I went for a run this morning, literally for the first time in like six weeks. I've been being a fat beefy boy scumbag and I went for a run this morning it was a short run but I went for a run 
Knocked out some push-ups. I'm bouncing back, y'all. I'm bouncing back. And I had to had to feel good for y'all. I wanted to give y'all a good performance. Um, all right, so now it's, so I want to transition. OG Kush, major strain, major name recognition. If you're you know in any dispensary in the pretty much the world, there's gonna be some variation of an OG Kush. It's it's an indica strain. I probably haven't mentioned that. It's an indica strain. Pretty a, a, a real true OG is is going to be like a like a one of the last true indica strains out there like uh it's going to be a, a pretty much 100% indica down there is variations like i've had like SFV San Fernando Valley OG which every dispensary labels it as a hybrid so i'm going to take it as they know more than me but i mean OGs are typically indica but if you see SFV OG it should be a little less heavy but still have that OG taste um but yeah, OGs are going to be indicas, and like I said, they're just going to have like that classic bud taste. Um, and some of them can test high. Like we had a reserve OG at the dispensary I worked at that would test at like twenty eight and shit, and it would fly off the shelves. Just like I said, it's like a, it's like that brand recognition. It's just like a staple, like OG. Like everybody knows it. So I mean, if you have if you have if you're in the dispensary game, I mean, if you stock your shelves with something OG, it's going to sell. I'll say that if it's indoor, outdoor OG can get pretty wonky because it already doesn't have the terpiest flavor. So whenever you grow an outdoor OG, it can get pretty earthy, pretty leafy tasting like, I don't know. I mean, it can be done right. I know there's somebody out there, some master outdoor grower rolling his eyes saying that I grow fire, um, you know, outdoor OG. But I, I, I think it's... Just by the nature of the flavor of the the strain, like it, you got to kind of keep it as clean and pure as possible. It's already kind of a murky tasting strain, in my opinion. There's people that love it though. There's a lot of people; it's their favorite strain. Um, but so man, so moving out here to the Bay Area, it's all about the cookies, and I'm actually stoked because even before I moved to the Bay Area, cookies was my favorite strain, um, and so Burner, who I first became aware of Burner back even when I was in Oklahoma because he was like Wiz's weed dealer and he would be in Wiz's music videos. And like it was essentially known that he was like the West Coast rap industry plug on like high end exotic bud. Like, I mean, you know, if you remember Wiz in like the mid 2000s, like he literally was like weed incarnate. So like. You wanted to smoke what Wiz was smoking, and Wiz was smoking Burner's weed. And Burner, I mean, is just like a Bay Area legend. And uh, he makes his own rap music sometimes, too, and shit. I mean, I'll be real. I'm not the biggest fan of his music, but I'm a fan of the man and the, perfect, the person and the movement and what he's done for the cannabis game and even the hip-hop game, too. And, uh, and, but, and he gets mad love out here in the Bay. Like, you drive around San Jose... You gonna hear somebody bumping some burner. So I mean, you know, he's a he's he got love in his city. You know what I mean. So I'm I'm not gonna, you know, I, I, all respect to burner. You know, um, but yeah. So burner essentially invented cookies, and like now you will even see like I don't in the malls they sell shirts that say cookies, and it's like a clothing brand, and there's cookies dispensaries. But cookies started off as a strain called Girl Scout cookies. 
and it's a it's a it's like a hybrid. It's like the perfect hybrid. It's it's it, like I said, it's still essentially my favorite strainer. And there's a million cookies variations, and I'll kind of get into that. But um, cookies, it's got a sweet turp profile. That's why they call it cookies. Like there's a few, select few strains that I can like do like the Pepsi challenge blindfold. Like I can, give me a hit of that, and I'll tell you if it's cookies or not. It's got a very distinct sweet terp profile you may be asking what's a terp profile terpenes are what give the the different strains and different buds different flavors um terpenes don't only occur in um cannabis by the way they occur like when you smell a flower or a, a fruit those are terpenes so like whenever like a bud smells citrusy it's not just like a coincidence or stoner bro science or like it's actually like the same terp citrine, I think it's called, like the same terpene that's actually in lemons and oranges. So you, you're actually smelling citrus. Like it's it's a trip. It really is. But the terps are what ter determine the flavor and what separate these strains from each other. And um, so the cookies is going to have a sweet, sweet terp profile. And you, and you may be wondering, you know, how does weed taste sweet? then you need to smoke some cookies and you need to smoke some real cookies because it's sweet. It tastes like a fucking baked good. Like that's why they call it cookies. It's so tasty. And like I said, it's a 50, 50 hybrid. So to me, it's like the perfect high. Like, like you can smoke some cookies before bed or you can smoke cookies in the morning. You can smoke cookies by yourself. You can smoke cookies before you go to a party. Like it's social. It's to me, it's everything I want from a strain, like from the flavor to the look. It should have kind of a lighter color. Like your cookies shouldn't be too dark. Um, it should have kind of a lighter color to it. Typically the, um, and like I said, a sweet smell and a sweet taste and, uh, and, 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 I, I tend to notice like medium sized buds. Like, I don't think I usually see like massive four gram buds and shit and cookies. Or I usually don't see little small budlets either. It's usually your cookies should be like some gram nugs, typically a gram and a half. Like I don't know. I'm sure somebody out there is growing some fat colas of cookies, but I'd love to meet you and be your friend if you are. But uh so from cookies has been a whole gambit of delicious, wonderful they call it like dessert strains that have been like genetically bred out of the out of the cookies. And you've probably heard of a lot of these and maybe didn't even know it was like descendant of cookies or maybe you did. Um, but we got gelato. We got wedding cake, wedding pie, ice cream cake, zookies, animal cookies, cherry cookies, Tropicana cookies, thin mint cookies. Those are all just ones that I've personally had. Like, I didn't even Google it. Like, uh, there is a million and a half cookies, like, derivatives. And honestly, I like them all. Like, to be honest, like, I, I love them all. I'm down for all that shit. I feel like wedding cake, to me, if I had to pick one to that I wasn't a fan of, wedding cake. And I don't know, maybe I just haven't had a good wedding cake. A lot of different growers and brands make wedding cakes. and uh, So, I mean you know, maybe I just haven't had the right wedding cake, but to me, I'd rather have about any other cookies, like dessert strain than wedding cake. I even like wedding pie better. Um, and that, all right. So that's, that brings me to another point I want to mention. So like, you can't always just judge based purely off the strain. Um, and what I mean by that is like, 
So I love cookies, but some, somewhere, somebody out there has grown some dog shit cookies and either didn't know what they were doing or trimmed it or rushed the curing or just had some bad genetic seeds or just didn't do it right. There's a lot of factors. Um, and so it's not like, so if you go out there and smoke some cookies and don't like it, be like, damn, Dom likes whack weed. Like, no, like it has to be done right. Like you can never, you have to judge the individual batch. You know what I mean? But strains should give you like essentially like a landmark. Like, like I know what a good cookie is supposed to look like, taste like, smell like, feel like. And so I can like, I have a good benchmark, uh, but Never just judge purely off a strain because, I mean, it could be an outdoor version of that strain or it could be, like I said, just an amateur. It could be just, man, 90% of shitty weed could be good weed. It just gets ruined in the trimming and curing process. Sometimes intentionally, like sometimes people are just in a rush and they have a client base that likes lows and outdoor and and they just want to, you know, turn over the crop as fast as possible. Um... And some people legit are just new to it and it's their first couple of crops or something happened and it, they had to rush. Um, but most weed like is good when it's growing. Like even if you see like weed that ends up shitty, if you saw it growing on the plant, you'd be like, that's some gas. But just most people fuck up the curing and the uh, trimming process. Like I've, I've seen it firsthand. Um, you have to really like put your heart and soul into that process and it's not fun that process sucks um but it's to make it or break it you'll ruin months and months of your hard work grow just by being lazy in the in the the um harvesting process so i i don't know most weed that ends up shitty really could be good if it, they took the time and effort and just did it right um so yeah judge the batch not the strain but strain knowledge is super helpful and just especially now we're so damn spoiled with these dispensaries like you know it used to be you got whatever was in the damn ziploc bag that the damn plug handed you you didn't know if it was indica sativa you know shout out them oklahoma high school struggle days but uh you know we're so spoiled now so you know but sometimes you can get like paralysis by analysis like there's so many choices and if you don't have a knowledge of what these strain names mean or what indica or sativa is then you'll end up picking some shit that you may not like and it may turn you off from cannabis altogether just because you picked the wrong strain um so you know you definitely don't want that to happen strain knowledge is helpful but it's not the end all be all i guess is what i'm getting at um so, coming back full circle, remember earlier I told you I was going to dive in a little bit more to like the corporate and the brand names and just how I don't like that part of the cannabis industry. You know what? It's about that time, you know? Can't have a whole weed podcast without smoking no weed. And I got to put my money where my mouth is. So I was talking all that shit about how I love cookies. This is some cherry cookies. And it goes to show exactly what I was talking about. Um, I love cookies and I love trying new variations of cookies. This is my first time trying cherry cookies. 
this batch was a little dry. It wasn't the craziest thing to write home about. So like, I do like it because it's cookies and it's a hybrid, but just goes to show, don't ever buy just because you like the strain name. You know what I'm saying? Check out the actual individual batch. Um, but yeah, the brand specific strain. So there's certain brands out there that they stop telling you what strain they're selling you. But they're still charging you top dollar. And I don't know if this is happening in Oklahoma yet, but it's happening now here. And it, if, it, if it's not happening yet, it will. So a company, so like, we'll just use my one from earlier, Dom's Bud, say my imaginary weed company. <clears throat> I have a strain, it's just called Sleep. You don't know what that strain actually is, but it's always going to be an indica. And I feel like they did this for new smokers that like don't understand strains, but I fucking hate that concept. Um, so like, like I said, so they'll have the same jar and it saves them, it saves them money on printing labels. It saves them money on having to make new jars. So like no matter what, and it could be OG, it could be purple punch, it could be whatever the fuck granddaddy perp, you won't know. It just says, it just says sleep, Dom's bud sleep. And, and it's like, I guess they're trying to make it more uniform. Like, like, you know, I like Jack Daniels. I know I'm going to go buy Jack Daniels, but it's deceitful because it's not Jack Daniels. That'd be like if they just, it was always a Jack Daniels bottle, but sometimes they put Jameson in it or sometimes they put Knob Creek in it or sometimes they put Buffalo Trace in it. Like they, if they mix it up, that bottle name that you go to buy loses all meaning and value. Or they'll have one called like Active, and it's always a sativa, but you don't know. You don't know what strain it is. And like I said, also, and it's I find it more problematic with the sativas than the indicas because, like I said, I in my experience. I, I found some sativas to be a little racy. Like, there's some sativas I kind of like and some sativas that I'm not the biggest fan of, and even flavor-wise. Um, and so if I don't know which sativa, it's just like grab bag random sativa of the day. I'm not into that, man. I mean, maybe on some cheap house pre-roll or some shit, but these, these companies are charging 60 55 and 8, 20 a gram, 18 a gram, and they're not even telling you the fucking strain, and they're acting like they're doing you a favor, and these rich newbie fucks just enable that behavior, and like, oh, I don't want to put any effort into knowing what the fuck I'm smoking, so I'm just going to go grab the active or the sleep and buy this overpriced, and it comes in a pretty box, it always, and that's what you'll also realize, like, The more the company's trying to cap or play you, the better looking their boxes and jars are going to be. That's almost a, across the board, real talk. Like, <clears throat> not always, man, but a lot of them fancy-ass ones that look all pretty and boutique and designer, a lot of times that bud be some bullshit. Real talk. Take it from me. I've been behind the scenes. Like, that bud ain't no better. They charging you $10 for that box and jars, straight up. And that shit is already overpriced. Like, I mean, not always. I mean, I'm not saying don't, like, make your brand have an ugly package. But, man, sometimes it's, like, like it's like the medium package. You don't want, like, the bootleg-ass-looking package. 
But, like, I feel like the ones that go over the top on the packaging are, like, trying to, like, overcompensate. So, yeah, keep, I, I just wanted to voice my displeasure with that kind of industry trend. And if it's not happening where you buy, A, good for you, but B, keep an eye out for it and be vocal when you start to see it. Be like, what strain is this? Like, press them. Because they'll give you these company man bullshit answers. Trust me, I was coached on how to answer those questions. And it's straight bullshit. Your bullshit meter should be going off. So I want to finish kind of talking about sativa strength. <coughs> so like I said, and I, I've met people that say they don't like sativas because it messes with their anxiety. And I, and I have a like low-key anxiety, and I've kind of experienced that. So, like, I just wanted to kind of touch on, like, some sativa strains that I like and maybe the difference between a couple and just get you familiar with some sativa um, strain names. Um, so, like, almost essentially the godfather, literally and figuratively, of a lot of these sativa strains is a man named Jack Carrere. And you'll see that strain a lot of places. Jack Carrere. Or there's like variations of it. Like you'll see, like we sold one called J1. There's like Imperial Jack. Like essentially, if you see the name Jack or J and it's a sativa strain, it's going to have, um, it's essentially a Jack Herrera strain. So like, and it has, a, it's really hard to describe the, the, the smell and taste of a Jack Herrera. It's just like pungent, like. It doesn't smell good. Like, it smells good as far as, like, oh, this is strong cannabis smell. Like, it, like I don't want to say it's like, smells weak. It smells strong, but, like, it's not, like, a pleasant, like, fruity or floral or piney smell. It's, it's, it's a very unique, like, pungent, kind of stinky smell. Some people like it, though. Um, I, a lot of people like it. It's, it's, like I said, it's essentially probably the best-selling sativa strain of all time, especially if you count all the derivatives. But, um... Not necessarily my favorite. Um, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of that taste and smell. I mean, it's all right. Like I said, I'll hit it. Like it's not horrible. It's, and, and, and a lot of companies grow a really good Jack Career. And if you're all about sativas, like you should try it out. Um, very energizing, like not sleepy at all. Like everything you want from a sativa strain. Um, I'm just kind of splitting hairs. Um, not my favorite Turp profile. Um, and, and, and yeah, it's not my favorite turt profile, not my favorite high. I do find it to be kind of a racier high. Um, and then that moves me along to anything you see like citrus or orange is going to be a sativa like 90% of the time, or at least sativa dominant hybrid, which I said, most of these new strains are some type of hybrid anyway. Um, so so like anything like like and it's weird because these companies I swear sometimes they don't even know their shit because like a Kush is the definition of an indica strain that's like essentially how indica started was the Kush plant from the Hindu Kush mountains, but they'll do shit like call it citrus Kush and it'll be a sativa. It seems like that's like an oxymoronic like whoever named that strain seems dumb to me, um, but like yeah we would sell like a citrus Kush that was labeled as a pure sativa. And I think it was a pure sativa just with a stupid name. Like, I don't think it was Kush. Like, Kush should actually mean that it's a Kush plant. Like, that's a type, you, you know, that's like calling a flower a rose that's not a rose. Like, 
the name loses meaning if you just start naming random strains Kush. But like, so, but the key word there would be like citrus or like with, there's strains like orange peels or even like you'll see like kind of like starburst or kind of like citrus candy, like Skittles. Um, any like anything that sounds citrusy, lemon, lemon skunk, lemon haze, anything citrusy is going to be sativa. And let, and let me say, those are the sativas I like. Like that turp profile, especially a nice indoor citrusy. Like I, I, like a company I like, like Ember Valley makes some delicious citrusy. And, but just, man, if, if, if citrus strain that's grown right and trimmed right and you get all that citrus terps, uh, one of the tastiest smokes I can think of. I love it. And like I said, I'm kind of picky with my sativas. So like I tend to go like more citrusy sativas over like Jack Herrera sativas. And I'm sure there's a lot of overlap there. Like there's probably strains with some Jack and some citrus. So, I mean, um, unless I don't hate Jack, it's just if I had to pick, I don't usually pick a Jack. Um, I remember back in the day and it, and it escapes me. If anybody knows the name for this DM me or message in, um, the, so there used to be a strain called green crack and it was like my all time favorite sativa strain. I have many hilarious memories of just me and my boys laughing for like hours, just as youngins, just smoking like it was called green crack and like there's, they renamed it and I forget, I forget the name. It was like, they literally like PC police. It wasn't. PC to like have a strain called crack so like they they changed the name and I can't remember what the new name is but I love me some green crack and I wish I knew the new name because I would try to find it but back in the day we used to smoke green crack and that shit was one of my favorite sativas um like I said if you if you know the new like PC police name holler at me DM me uh and then um classic classic strain almost Almost like the OG Kush of sativas, meaning like the godfather, the grandfather, uh, how OG Kush is the grandfather of Indicas, and I started off with that. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a race to me between Jack Herrera and, and Sour Diesel as like the two OG sativa strains. Like any old head knows which one of those came first. Feel free to holler at me too. I'm, like I said, I'm not sitting here saying I know everything. I'm just sharing what I know. I'm always open to learn new things. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I know everything. That's not what I'm here to do. Um, but, but yeah, Sour Diesel. You can't mention Sativa without mentioning Sour Diesel and Jack Herrera. Those are like the two like pillars of like Sativa strains and like the lineage that have descended from those strains. Um, so, yeah, you'll hear sour before a lot of strains now, like sour this, sour that. I mean, there's so many sour diesel crosses and hybrids. Um, but just know that especially if it's like a sativa dominant hybrid or a sativa, if you see the word sour and or diesel in it, you know, like it's, it's, it originates from that, that sour diesel strain, which is, like, like I said, a grandfather of the sativa strains. Um, it's um it's it's got a really interesting taste um a little fuely as the, as the name suggests and like you know you'll hear rappers talking about smoking gas and shit and that's where that terminology originally um you know originated from like certain strains really do have like a fuely taste like a chemically taste like kind of just by nature it's weird it'll seem almost like I've smoked shit that like I would swear it kind of tasted laced or something but it's just like certain strains kind of have like a chemically or fuely like taste um it's not 
not my favorite, but it can be done right. Like I'm not, I'm not doing it justice with this description. Like, like it, it can, it can be done right. It can be done right. It can be done wrong. Like all these strains, but it, a nice sour diesel, I'll happily smoke some nice sour diesel. Or like I said, there's a lot of different sours and a lot of different diesels that have derived from that. And most of them are pretty fire. Like I'm, I'm, I'm down for some sour diesel. I'll take sour diesel over Jack Carrera, just me personally. And then I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, but the same goes for Hayes. Um, anything with the name Hayes on it is going to be more of a sativa, more of a daytime. Um, there's a few hybrids, you know, that have been crossed and everything, but uh, typically those sativa strains, or if you see it named Hayes, it's going to be, you know, typically more sativa leaning. Um, but yeah, like to me, there's a time and place for everything, man. Like I, uh, I've, I've just loved just, I, I thought I knew a lot about cannabis. Like, you know, like I've been smoking for 10 years now. I'm a veteran in the game. Give me my, my star, my badge, I'm at my 10 year patch. Um, but I thought I knew a lot, but yeah, working at dispensaries and just being out here in the Bay area, which has always been on the cutting edge of the cannabis industry since before I was even born. Um, it's just cool, man. Like it's like the more you know, the more you know you don't know that type of thing. Like like the minute like these strains come out like like clothing lines. Like every year there's like a new wave of strains. Like a like a and then and then the new strains become the old strains. Like that. Like I said. Like I I mean I feel like just a few years ago cookies was the hottest new thing, and then now cookies is like the grandfather strain to the, like all these new new flavors and um. I mean, it just goes so fast, and I mean, especially whenever you start talking about, like, concentrates as well, just the new technology, like, like, man, I, I, like, Shatter, Shatter is considered, like, old man shit now, I remember when Shatter, like, first hit the scene and blew everybody's mind, and, like, it's, it's really interesting, though, just, like, yeah, like, you start learning about, like, terps and strain, like, genealogies, and, and just like, I don't know, it's, it's a whole world you can dive into. Like I kind of, I'm not full weed nerd, you know, I kind of, I, I know I try to learn a little bit and like, I'm learning a lot about the growing process actually right now. That's one thing that's so cool about being out here. Like when I was in Oklahoma, you're so far away from the, the, like the, the plant and like it's removed. Like it just comes prepackaged from some sketchy dude. Maybe I was a sketchy dude, but like it, you're so far removed. You don't see it on the plant. You don't see it growing when you see it really growing. And then you really think that that shit was illegal. It seems even dumber. Like I always thought it was dumb. I was always pro legalization, um, anti-prohibition even, but when you actually see that shit growing in the plant, look like right next to the fucking tomatoes and shit. And you're like, Oh, these tomatoes are legal, but this plant's not legal. Like, what the fuck? Like, like I don't know. It, it's it's a whole different perspective. Like, just being part of the growing and cultivating process. Um, it really is. It's just it's a whole new perspective. Like, it, like, like I, it made me love it so much more. Like, I thought I don't know. I've heard a lot of people talk negatively on like growing. Like, oh, it's such a pain in the ass and this and that. And I mean, I, my experience has been the opposite. It's been so fun and so much learning and just really interesting and like just learned a new lifelong hobby for me honestly like i um 
I'm excited to see, you know, how everything turns out this first time around. But, you know, just I've learned so much. And you learn something every season. Even guys that have been growing, I feel like, for years and years, learn something new every season. And then uh, if, if y'all are growing out there, like I said, just be patient, man. Make sure your soil's got the nutrients. And then also, like I said, it's like half the battles that trimming and curing process. Like, even if you grow some mediocre wheat, you can make it look and taste really good if you cure it and trim it right. And vice versa, man, if you grow some fire and you don't cure it and trim it right, man, you just wasted fucking six, nine months, however long it took you. So, you know, just I'm telling you, that's my lesson to y'all. But, man... This is a fun one. One of my favorite subjects. Won't be the last time I touch on it. I might need to do it one on like concentrates or whatever. I'm be having some guests on soon. Um, I, I had a lot of people reaching out to me. Um, so I plan on this being a marathon, not a sprint, everybody. Like I want to be doing this for years. So, you know, I'm not blowing anybody off. I haven't had a single guest yet. I want my first guest to be really like symbolic. Like not saying that y'all are just anybody, but I want my first guest to be you know, so, you know, like a day one or somebody, you know, really just, I want to be really picky with my first one, really symbolic. But then after that, I'm going to, I want to start doing these more often. It's not going to be two weeks in between each one. I want to do at least once a week. Say it's my birthday week. I got a little crazy. Um, I'm back on track. Better than ever, baby. Dreadful Talk, episode six. It was fun, y'all. Thanks for tuning in.